Well, and that perfectionism thing, honestly, is something big that I see in a lot of ambitious entrepreneurs is they don't want to take that first step until they know the pathway is going to be like perfectly aligned, perfectly laid, perfectly paved all the way through. And that's just simply not how it is. I say all the time, entrepreneurship is almost more like going through a jungle. You need to have, you know, a machete in one hand and a flamethrower in the other hand, and you're forging your own path. And it is never, ever going to look perfect. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because today I'm jumping in bed with my most amazing guest, Bree Bree. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So give everybody the 5,000 foot view and a highlight of what you do for business. I am an entrepreneur coach uh, and my passion is helping women create financial freedom to go from wages to wealth uh, so that they can become the unlimited creator of wealth in their lives. Nice. We love that. So how did you get it started into money as a thing? I mean, Honestly, kind of accidentally, I grew up with an entrepreneurial mom and she raised me to believe that as an entrepreneur, you'll never take home a paycheck a day in your life. And so for the first 10 years of my entrepreneurial journey, I didn't take home a paycheck and then started questioning what's wrong with me, what's going on. You know, I'm an entrepreneur, yet I have to have a day job to support myself. Uh, why is this happening? Other people make it happen. And so I started just diving into the nitty gritty of wealth creation, both on a subconscious level, on a conscious level, on a habit level, on an action level, like everything you need to become a creator of wealth. Absolutely. I love it. Because so many people don't realize that <laughs> the business version of erectile dysfunction happens between the six inches between our ears because we don't understand. We are shutting down our ability to be able to accept money and pleasure and all that kind of fun stuff subconsciously. And we don't understand how that plays out. So I would love to... Um... Well, so what I was going to say to that is... Um... Yeah. The thing that's interesting as well is that it also doesn't stop. So you can get to a certain level and then you'll bump up against another internal glass ceiling, right? And then you want to create more in your business and you end up doing the work again 
-hmm. between your, you know, six inches between your ears and you end up bumping up against another internal glass ceiling. And so the thing that's been interesting for me is that, you know, now over the last nine years of this business that I have, I have just consistently had to elevate myself in different ways, subconsciously, consciously, habit-wise, action-wise, et cetera, to not only keep creating results, but create bigger and bigger results as I continue to grow and evolve and move forward and have a bigger vision as well. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, and I would agree that with all the people I have talked to, that never stops. <laughs> it's always a matter of, you know, them crossing that line and going, what is bigger? What does that mean to me? How do, how am I going to create that? And I, even in Richard Branson's books, he's talked about that as, you know, <laughs> I think he is the icon to look at. So he has nowhere to look to go. What is bigger? He has to come up with what is bigger. Well, now we has Elon Musk and all those good. Uh, his buddy's coming up. Yeah, I don't know if Elon Musk is bigger than Richard Branson. <laughs> no, I but just... at least he's, you know, they're getting somewhere. I'm sure yeah. there's the somebody in uh, the Middle East that has, you know, far more wealth, but when they create it effortlessly, it doesn't, it's not really a um, mindset of how do I go and build something bigger. For the rest of us moral uh, mortals, we have to <laughs> figure out how this whole thing pans out. So, Let's kind of start at the beginning and we'll work our way up, I think is the best way to do this. Because going into business as a foray in the first place, you know, breaking your entrepreneurial virginity is a uh, terrifying and frightening <laughs> for most of us. Uh, and I would think for all of us, because some of us are pushed into it, some of us are encouraged into it, some of us are, you know, just born into it all of which I love and appreciate. And I, but I still think that there's things that we have to, when we start, um, what kind of, in your experience, what kind of things do people have to overcome in order to be able to get into the entrepreneurial world? The, one of the biggest things I see is that everyone wants to know exactly how it's all going to play out before they take the first step. <laughs> and I will say, you know, my entrepreneurial journey, yes, I was raised by an entrepreneur. I said for years, I don't want that life. Like, that's not for me. I'm good. I'm just going to keep my job and like, I'll be fine. And unfortunately I'm too ambitious for that, but that's another story for another day. Aww, for you. Uh, um, so <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into when I started my first business. I had a passion for what I was doing and just decided to start doing it on the side. And then little by little by little, uh, so spoiler alert for everyone, it was in fashion design. I have two degrees in fashion design. So I started creating bridesmaids dresses, flower girl dresses, prom dresses. Over the course of eight years, I, my, you know, my last accolades that I had in that business were dressing Tony Braxton, being on the fashion week, LA fashion week, um, being on the runway, uh, selling on zappos.com, like all these other things, right? Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. It was amazing. Um, the part of the reason I walked away and shut it down, and we can talk about this later, is it wasn't aligned for me. It, it's not aligned with my core values. And so I couldn't stay in it any longer. Yeah. Uh, but I, I started not knowing, like I started making that first dress, not knowing that I was aiming to, you know, that I would be on a runway yeah. or that I would be dressing celebrities or any of that stuff. And so I see this a lot with new entrepreneurs. They hold themselves back because they want to know everything before they take the first step. 
And I always say, if I knew everything before I took the first step, I never would have taken the first step, right? right? You say yes, and then you find the resources, you get the tools, you learn the things you need to learn to build what you want to build and your vision evolves as you go as well. So well, that's and I think how- before we go, we, before we leave that topic, I think dressmaking is a perfect metaphor for business in that somebody may go, I know how to build the dress. I know how to talk to somebody about what kind of dress would be great for them. They know about body structure and all that kind of fun stuff. What would look good, what flows. And somehow during the day, they're still focused on where the needle hits the material. <laughs> are going down right it's like if this stitch isn't perfect then nobody's gonna love this dress and what are they gonna think of me of and even relating back to what I just said you know when I was in fashion I could design something beautiful and have no idea how I was gonna bring it to life like just because you can sketch something out on a piece of paper doesn't mean that you know every single step that needs to happen in order to bring that dress to life, right? Like what? you're just creating. So, <laughs> it's not going to fall on my body the same way as it does on a piece of paper. I find that so hard to believe. <laughs> well, so you have to then figure out like, how is this going to work? You have to make a sample one. You make one out of a different fabric to get the pattern right before you cut into the, you know, $300 a yard silk, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so there are so many parallels between like creating in fashion and creating a business uh, that are really important. And you just have to trust also that you're knowledgeable enough, resilient enough, and smart enough to find the right resources to bring it to life. There were times when I would get started on a dress, have no idea what I was doing, but know the right people, have the right connections, make the right phone calls, get the right books, do the right things to be able to bring that to life. And I think that that's something that a lot of people forget when they're getting started in entrepreneurship is the resiliency that they have, the resources they have, the ability they have to ask for help. Um, They're not out there just blindly trying to do it by themselves. There's so much more available. And so if you're thinking about starting a business, you don't know what you're doing. I say, great. get started anyways, figure it out as you go and get the right people around you to help you accelerate that path. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know for the speaking world too, it happens in a similar fashion in that somebody can get very panicked that they don't have their speech down path. They don't have it memorized. They're not too. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you probably don't want to have it memorized, but you know, chill out, relax, write it out, do what you got to do, actually deliver it six times in front of an actual audience. And by the sixth time, you'll be so familiar with the information and thing, you'll probably get bored with it. And that's when you get to look at it again and go, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. I actually have to change up my stories and, you know, and have a little nuance here. I ha- I can, you know, pause a little longer here in order to have an emotional impact. You start to realize how you get better at it, but you have to do it six times first. And, uh, and it's that, helping people to calm down and breathe <laughs> before they've written it, panicking, like this isn't going to be perfect. <laughs> well, and that perfectionism thing, honestly, is something big that I see in a lot of ambitious entrepreneurs is they don't want to take that first step until they know the pathway is going to be like perfectly aligned, perfectly laid, perfectly paved all the way through. And that's just simply not 
how it is. I say all the time, entrepreneurship is almost more like going through a jungle. You need to have, you know, a machete in one hand and a flamethrower in the other hand, and you're forging your own path. And it is never, ever going to look perfect. I just, before getting on this call, got an email with a no in it that I did not want to receive. Uh Right. It's, it's just something that, and you, you build that resiliency of being like, okay, that avenue didn't work out. Where am I going to go instead? And you just keep moving forward. Absolutely. And I think a lot of times too, when I was working with salespeople, it's understanding you have to have activity. Your activity isn't necessarily going to be the thing that creates the result that you're looking for, but you have to have that activity moving forward. So if you're in sales, get your butt on the phone, do the thing, go to email, you know, start making the connections with people, because as you start making those connections and talking to people, then things can happen. And even if it's somebody that you knew six years ago, that calls up and go, Hey, are you still doing this thing? Which obviously had nothing to do with what you were doing. It's that activity of kind of breaking through the thing, um, like the no that you got, and I and I feel for you because I hate getting them myself, but so, but I know in the end that, hey, it didn't work out for a reason, and now we have room for somebody you know, bigger and better or easier to work with or whatever. It's going to work out, but getting through those emotional digs are, it, it, it sucks. <laughs> There's no other way to put that. And it's just part That's of the, the business, right? It's walking yeah. on, you know, broken glass. But when you get to the end, you're like, ah, just this is awesome. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I just, you know, I'm, I'm creating something new right now. And so anytime you're creating something new that doesn't yet exist, that other people can't see or touch with, you know, their physical senses, yeah. it's, it's just harder to get people enrolled in a vision because it doesn't yet exist. And so I know that I just keep seeing myself in the completion of what I'm building, knowing that I'm there and how I've gotten there is going to like, it's not been the ideal path for the last three months. Not going to lie. It's been really hard for the last three months. Mm -hmm. I just keep seeing myself in that end point. And I know that once I am standing there at that end point, I, I'm literally mark my words, all of the people that have told me no over the last three months are going to be knocking on my door saying, how do we get involved with this for next year? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. So in, in the progression of business, usually the next big step that I see is people hiring. And I think it, the part of the problem is still that they still have some of that perfectionism in them. And they're like, oh my God, they're going to screw it up. Or I don't have time to explain this to people. I, it, that whole bringing on team um, seems to be the next step to me. Is there a different one to you? And <laughs> yeah, team, yeah, team, building out a team is really helpful and important. The thing that I recommend for people is just to start small, right? You don't have to hire 30 full-time people tomorrow, (laughs) you could hire one part-time contractor today. And so what does that look like? What is, what are the things that, that are duplicatable in your day that can be taken off your plate that frankly, you should not be touching start there again. Like it doesn't have to look perfect. You don't, you know, it doesn't have to look any certain way. I know in the past, the idea of building a team, looked a certain way. I actually had a call with a woman this week and I was like, oh, so do you have have a team? And she was like, well, yes, 
but you know, they're not in, in Tulsa. And so they're all virtual and they're all this and that and all this stuff. And she's like, I just, I don't know how to explain to people. And I, I said to her, I was like, you don't. <laughs> all you all you had to say to that question was, yes, I have this person, this person, and this person on my team. And yep. so like, we have these ideas that it has to look a certain way in order to have a team. None of my team even lives in the same time zone as me. <laughs> so you can build out the help you need in any way that you need it. Um, mm. And then I would say along with building out a team, one of the other things I love helping people do is building out operations. So really, again, systemizing things. So my favorite way to bring on team members is I actually film myself doing the task that I want to hand off to them mm -hmm. because it breaks down that story that we have of, I don't have time to train someone. And it kills like five birds with one stone because one, you're doing it. So you're being productive with the use of your time Two. Mm -hmm you're going to be then training that person that you're bringing on three. If that person has questions, they get to go back to that video instead of going into your inbox and four, I guess maybe only four birds with one stone. <laughs> if they end up leaving you for whatever reason, and you have to bring someone new on, you already have an entire database of training stuff that you just get to send off to them. So the mm -hmm. idea of also building in operations, whether it be training your team whether it be bringing on contractors underneath you, whether it be even just systemizing or automating some of your processes, that operational piece is also so important because if you're mm -hmm. doing the same thing all the time in your business and it doesn't need to be touched by you, you are literally sending money straight out the front door. Yep, absolutely. The first time I really caught on to the idea or notion of like the repetition piece, I got the the hiring somebody who knows more than you do thing. I saw a gal, uh, a guy wanted to have a um, an infographic and he was just totally blocked. I don't know how to make this infographic, which, you know, some of us, you know, we make them all the time, all day. And we're like, really? But, you know, sometimes you get blocked on a thing and you just don't know where to start. She goes, explain to me what the concept is of what you want to explain to somebody. So he just talks to her for five minutes and she goes, oh, like this and hands them over the PDF, <laughs> the thing. And it's like this gorgeous org chart of what he had just been talking about. It's like, yeah, that, right? Well, and when... <laughs> what I love about that example too, is that, you know, we tell ourselves like, oh, no one will ever be able to do it as good as I do it. And the truth is you're right, because there are a lot of people out there that can do it better than you can do it. <laughs> And exactly. that's such a great example of he how much time and energy had he wasted thinking about it right. when someone literally could just execute it for him within five minutes. He probably wasted hours and hours and hours and hours. Imagine, you know, what's your hourly rate? If your hourly rate is 500 bucks, like imagine he probably had thousands of dollars just flying out the front door because he, you know, was cutting himself off from getting the help to have someone else do it in five minutes. Right. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. All right. So next phase in business is usually is I find is when somebody gets to the point, they've hired all the people, the team is great and they don't know what to do with their CEO time. <laughs> like, Oh my God, everybody's doing everything. What do I do now? 
And I just don't know what to do. I had a client like this last year. We scaled her business from 40,000 a month to 120,000 a month. And she would, she would get on the calls and be like, Brie, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do all day. And she's like, I don't even know what to talk to you about today. Cause like everything's working. And I'm like, isn't that the best problem to have? Right. Great. That's awesome. So, I mean, I know what. <laughs> Exactly. Which is where, you know, this is why Richard Branson has been able to get to where he is, right? He's able to spend more time and energy in that visionary space Mm -hmm. than in that little execution space. If you're, I liken it to like being an eagle or a hawk versus being a field mouse. If you're a field mouse and you're out there, you know, collecting all the food and all this stuff, like you're so busy all day, every day, you don't have the space to be in your high flying creativity. You don't have the space to be that visionary that can go up and have that 50,000 foot view of what opportunities and openings and expansions and activations can come next because you're just so focused on the ground in front of you. So when you truly step into being that I call it CEOpreneur, is when you get to dwell in that creativity more, right? So for example, I try to, today is an exception, an anomaly, but I try to spend uh, half days on Fridays at the pottery studio because I, there's something about being in the creativity, being in the flow, being in the joy getting my hands dirty, you know, even just being mesmerized by like the spin of the pottery wheel, you know, like getting into that creative zone that you just don't get to be in unless you're carving out specific time for it. And if you have the team, that becomes your job. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So who would you say that you serve and support now? Who's your ideal client? I work with ambitious women uh, who are, it is the same woman. However, I serve her at a few different points in her journey. One, uh, looking to get started. Mm -hmm. I help women take their idea and turn it into money by launching their business. Uh, Then similarly, like what we've been talking about, the next phase I see women hitting is that growth plateau. So what they've been doing is working and it's bringing in money, but they're ready to double or triple and they just have no idea how to do it. So I help them take what's been working and either systemize it, operationalize it, uh, new (laughs) revenue stream, something, whatever. So double or triple their revenue. And then I really help those CEOpreneurs, once they're at that level, step into that role and become more of that like leading, creative, powerful entrepreneur that they were born to be. Nice. I love it. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella clients. Uh, So Amber, I actually mentioned her a little earlier. So she she actually came to me in 2018. She didn't even want to be an entrepreneur. She came to me uh, (laughs) at a point where she had just declared bankruptcy. She was getting a divorce, like all of these other things were happening. And I hadn't niched fully down into entrepreneurship yet, but I helped her uh, take a leap Basically, she ended up getting a new job, which functioned with her as more of a consultant than an employee. She started wrapping her mind around this idea of, oh, I can become an entrepreneur. So she launched her own business. She started 
uh, serving one client. She grew from it just being her to having, I think, 15 contractors under her. And that's when she came back to me last year and was like, all right, I'm billing out $40,000 a month. I've got 15 amazing women who all are working for me from the comfort of their own home. I want to do more. I want to, I want to serve more than one client. Um, and so we tripled her business and I think it was like 60 days or something. And she said to me, she was like, I don't think I'm ready for it. And I was like, well, let's get your operations in place. And then, and then in the midst of us getting her operations in place, she sent one email and got (laughs) two new clients. And now she's filling out $120,000 a month. I love that. Oh, that's awesome. What a great story. Yeah. So over the course of, I guess what, like four and a half years, she went from being an employee, you know, limited by the wages that she was Mm -hmm. being paid to now being the unlimited creator of her wealth. Um, Her and her husband were over at Christmas time. And I I looked at him and I said, so when's she going to retire you? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, he's like, I mean, it's coming. She, her son is now on her team working for her. Her -hmm. husband is helping her, but he still has his own job as well. And so it's, uh, it's really fun to see, especially women step into that role because it's just a role that we have not been modeled much. And now we are at the point in history where it's available to us and it's available to us so much easier and so much quicker than we think it is. Yeah. And I just, I really love helping women say yes to that. Love it. Love it. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Awesome. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having while they're listening to this going, oh my God, Bray, I need you in my business so bad. What's going on for them outside of that? Yeah. A lot of people are taking a lot of actions all day, every day, and just not getting results. And so when I get into their business, it's usually within 10 minutes. I'm like, I can see exactly why you're not getting results. I actually had a woman contact me. She's had her business for 10 years. She's never had a single paying client. And I, yeah, that's not I, really business, <laughs> right? I, yeah. I should have put air quotes around that. A, yeah. a quote unquote business. Uh, I don't know what you do. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't <And> business. <laughs> or I had a woman come to me and say, I've Ouch. had a business idea for 10 years and she's yeah. never moved on it. Right. So I can usually those. within five or 10 minutes spot exactly what's going on. And then it's just a matter of like, are you willing to do, like you've gotten really comfortable for 10 years and for, it might not be 10 years for everyone. Maybe it's just a year, maybe it's six months for you. I don't know, but you get really comfortable, even though those aren't the results you want, you get really Mm -hmm. comfortable with those results. So then the question becomes, are you willing to try something new? Are you willing to actually do what it takes to create the results you want? And usually it's not the actions you're taking. It's not posting on social media. It's not, you know, putting up a website and then what? sitting at Cat home. posts don't, don't build your business. <laughs> it's not sitting at home, refreshing, like how many visitors have come to your website, right? Like it takes a lot more than that. It takes putting yourself out there to get the nose. Does it suck when the nose come? Yeah. I'm not in a terribly great mood today. And I'm going to keep asking and taking the steps I need to take to get the yeses I need to bring my vision to life. And sometimes it takes having someone on your side to hold your hand while you're doing it. So it's and sometimes honestly, it just needs a pattern interrupt, like what listening to the little blue pill and <laughs> you guys are insane. Okay. I'm over it. Let's go back to work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I mean, really more than anything, it comes down to 
the actions that people are taking. And if your actions are not creating the results you want, Mm -hmm. then one, we need to get into your subconscious and Mm -hmm. do some reprogramming so that you have the courage to take the actions to get the results you want and then figure out what actions those are and get some accountability behind it so that you don't, you know, go watch Netflix or clean your house or scroll on Instagram instead of taking the action. Yeah. Well, and I even had an epiphany yesterday going, okay, I'm, I'm doing this podcast. I'm meeting with all these people. They're phenomenal people. And then I went, okay, yes, but have you asked anybody for a sale? I went, oh no, I haven't. Okay. You have to change because <laughs> nobody's going to buy anything if you don't ask them to buy. It's just the way it works. So, and it can be as simple as that, but if you don't have kind of, if you don't have somebody there to, to bounce those ideas off, they just don't hit, right? And mm-hmm. you got to have somebody there to to work with you, which is why I think you're awesome and amazing. And, and uh, love it. Awesome. Well, and also too, one last thing I'll say is if you're also in the habit of doing the same actions and they're not producing results, or what I get from a lot of women is like, well, I don't know what other actions to take. And it's like, well, yeah, most people don't. Like you do what you know. And if you don't know something, you can't do it. So get yeah. someone on your side who has ideas about, you know, I always, I'm like, I could think of 50 different ways for you to achieve the goal that you want to achieve right now, just, uh, you know, like right now, 50 different ways. So if you can't think of those 50 different ways on your own, get someone on your side that can, because then you can either sit around hoping for your results to change for, I don't know, 10 years, or you can actually be getting results in a week, two weeks, a month, whatever. Absolutely. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? Uh, you can go to bereseely.com. There's a free resource in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, there's all of my ways to work with me, packages, et cetera, there. Uh, and if you would like to actually chat with me, hit me up on Instagram, again, at bereseely. Uh, That is the easiest and quickest way to get a hold of me. That's the inbox I check probably the most. Uh, and love having conversations. Would love to know what you took away from this conversation with Michelle and I, uh, and what you're going to do on the other side as a result. I love it. And we will, of course, have all of Bree's notes, you know, our links in the show notes. So just scroll down and click the links, go find her, connect with her, do it now while you're thinking about it, and you will be a happy, happy camper that you did. Awesome. I love it. So I do get to ask you at what point in life did you know that you're a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Um, honestly, probably in 2016, which is hilarious because I was nine years into my (laughs) entrepreneurial journey at that point. And I just keep, even this project I'm working on right now, I just keep unveiling crazy, like levels of crazy. I didn't even know existed that I just keep asking myself, like, am I really, really, why do I have to keep saying yes to these things? Can I just be good where I am? Like what's wrong with me? (laughs) Because it sounds so much fun. <laughs> I mean, fun. I do, I do have fun. Don't nice. there's stress that comes along with it as well, but also fun. Nice, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, Bree, you've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? I just really want to encourage people to get out there and do the thing. If you've been thinking about it, if you've been sitting on the fence, if you've been taking the same actions, do yourself a favor this year. Like don't keep repeating the same old patterns, whether it's the mindset piece that Michelle and I were talking about earlier, whether it's the action piece, whether it's a combination of both, just 
give yourself permission to succeed this year because it is just not worth sitting around for 10 years waiting or hoping. It's just, it's just not worth it. Love it. Reed, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you. Awesome. Peeps, thank you for being here with us today. This is Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business. Be sure to subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love it when you share me with your friends because we love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.